This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. somehow play right now because that would be funny chelsea rice is my co-host and our amazing guest is travis ritchie hey hi how are you hi let's talk about what we're thank you so much i have our drinking with author swag which you will get delivered to you after you do this podcast and many people think how do i get drinking with author swag you don't you have to be on the podcast just kidding no find me at a convention i'd like to give away shit um, but I am drinking, <laughs> not the definition of gin and juice, it's literally grapefruit juice with gin in it, and I feel like an old lady, but there was a that whole running so. behind schedule thing, and I was like, let's be creative, and then I was like, eh, eh, let's just, let's show up. Throw so any two things up. together. Yes, <laughs> with my gin and juice. We are not naming this. This was a terrible plan. Let's not do it again. CR, what are you drinking? I'm trying to get the bile of the thought of gin out of my mouth. I am doing rum and coke because it's just classic. And it's rice day I'm having. Okay, Travis, what are you drinking? Uh, I am not much of a drinker, but I'm drinking a uh, iced coffee, a cold brew coffee that I ground the beans and brewed myself. Uh, it is one of my favorite things. Uh, it gives me such joy. And I also am <laughs> drinking uh, Huel, which is a meal replacement thing, um, because I'm trying to, uh, it's complicated, but it's not, it's not as bad as one would think. Yes. No, that sounds, that's, hey, it's probably better than my gin and grapefruit juice. I really do feel like an old lady having brunch. That's what's happening. You don't it's have the grapefruit like that turned me or- off right there. You don't have like regular vodka or like even First like, of a, all, I like, like a white gin. Rum. I know you don't like gin, but I like gin because it's a light drink and I normally have soda waters and I have all these flavored tonics and I was like standing because I'm running to because we were running late to start this all my fault and I'm running to get ready and I'm like I put the gin in and then I open the fridge and somehow the tonic water that's in a little bottle, all this stuff looked way too complex. And I grabbed the grapefruit juice and listen, tonic water looks way too complex. Okay. We don't have, you know, I, I do you remember uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, how every civilization just in a weird fluke, every civilization in the universe has a drink called gin and tonics or pronounced gin and tonic. Yeah. And uh, it's all very, they're all different, but they're all pronounced the same. I yes. thought that was really fascinating. See, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Look how we brought that all the way around. Look at how Look that at that. That's oh, the circle of my right whole there. life. Hitchhiker's okay, I, runs my life. My my screensaver has been, uh, well, what? Black? Oh, you know what? The sleep, <laughs> is on. the sleep is on. So my, if I, oh, man, that was a horrible, that was a horrible thing. I have Do Not Disturb on so that we're not disturbed. Um, but my, my screensaver is, uh, come on, turn on. It's hating you right now. There we go. There we go. Oh, don't panic. panic. Yeah. Like it was, it. so it's been, it's been don't panic since my, um, Palm Pilot trio, um, Ooh. some, I don't know, okay. 13 years so ago. I'm not gonna, the other day I was opening up, I, I, we moved. So every now and then I actually take a box and open it and go, do I actually need the shit that's in this box? I'm generally not a hoarder, but every time I move, Mm -hmm. I decide, unless I'm like, oh my God, I need this and we have to establish it, I'll go through the box and go, why the hell am I saving this shit? And there was my original jailbroke razor phone that originally was gold. Like the original? The razors were gold and you had to jailbreak them. And, And I found it. And then I sent a picture. I didn't know jailbreaking was a thing when the razor was around. What? Jailbreaking? Oh, yeah, because yeah. it was, I forget, because it was like Sprint, AT&T, and Nextel. Nextel? Nextel was, yeah. Because yeah. I had the fucking I was on the one that the didn't have the razor, so you had to have it jailbroken, not to do cool shit, but to be able to use it. Just to use it on another. Card, right? Because you had the SIM card in it back then. 
you know? Yep, 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 yep. It was, it was super fancy. Anyway, I pulled it out. I took a picture of it. I sent it to my daughter. She's 22. And she was like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, I'm not talking to you right now. Because <laughs> it has the little I did screen. something. Like, you remember you had to hit the button multiple no. times to text? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. T9 text. I yeah. did do something similar. I had this beautiful little phone. It was a Sanyo uh, 6000 uh, 2G phone, not even Whoa. 3G, but it was so, it was about that big and about that thin and you could put it in your pocket and not even feel it. And I loved it so much. It was just gorgeous, um, but it was just a phone you could have, you know, in, in your pocket at the club and not worry about like, you know, being so big, but um yeah. Oh, anyway, no, I threw I, I that. I had to throw the, that away. The razor was very. Anyway, I'm, anyway I don't yeah, know how we got time. off on that tangent. Yeah. I gotta say, our sponsor today, is Skunk Brother Spirits DWA10, is the coupon code. I have to remember before I put too much gin and juice in my mouth. Okay, Travis. For those that do not know you, what do you write? Uh, so I have been a writer for a long time. Mostly, um, uh, my first. Things I wrote were uh, spec scripts for Star Trek Voyager um, when I did in high school. But then I quickly uh, moved towards sketch comedy, which I found especially when I moved to LA. I'm an actor primarily, and uh, but I moved to LA uh, some 19 years ago and uh, landed at the Acme Comedy Theater where I learned how to do sketch. And so I have been doing sketch comedy uh, mostly on YouTube. I have uh, a pilot that I did that I wrote and produced and um and so that's been my focus i had a movie idea in 2009 for a gay vampire romance and um in 2000 uh, i kind of just pecked away at it i wrote one scene that i actually just randomly found my computer just showed it to me when i was searching for something else and i have one scene of dialogue no names just lines of dialogue um and not even a full scene like like just 30 seconds anyway um and so I didn't do much on that because I didn't really know how. But then around 2014 or so, I, um, uh, it was a horrible year for me. Like my dog died. My boyfriend left on a, on a cruise ship gig for like nine months. My agent killed herself. Um, and so I w- it was a very bad year. And wow. so I was, I was a little depressed coming into the end of the year because um, my dog died at, at like the September 2nd, I think. And so I was like, I'm going to do all the things. And so uh, one of the things that I was going to do was uh, change, just just vomit up this movie idea as a book. Um, and I thought, even if I just just puke it onto paper, uh, it'll be better than Twilight. And Twilight got made into a movie. So um, so why not? And But then I had been lucky enough to meet uh, Melinda Snodgrass and become friends with her uh, at a convention because I was uh, I was Inspector Spacetime on Community, and so as part of that convention experience, Melinda and I met each other and became friends. And Melinda was like, "Come over to my house. I'll help you break the plot." And I was like, "I don't know what that means." So I went over there, and uh, but together we uh, broke the entire plot. And when I left, I had an outline for this book, and then I pecked away at it a little bit at a time over the next several years. Uh, And then in 2020, February of 2020, I moved to Japan for a job, an acting job, and um, got sent home early because of the pandemic. And I'm sitting in Nashville at a friend's place where he let, you know, just a friend let me stay there for free. And uh, and I said, you know, I very much don't want to feel like I'm wasting my pandemic. So I uh, used, over NaNoWriMo 2020, I finished the novel, 60,000 words in six weeks, and, um, and it was good. And then Melinda, uh, Melinda liked it, and so she referred me to her publisher, and they liked it, and they decided to publish it. And so that's my big thing right now is uh, my debut novel. It's called Decimus, The Vampire's Curse. It's a gay vampire thriller slash love story. Um, that is awesome. It's a good story. Awesome it's a long story, but... It no, all ties together. I, I think that's, that's, first of all, it's amazing that you did something with the pandemic. Well, going back, it's amazing you got out of Japan. We're going to start there because a lot of people got trapped in countries from the pandemic. Yeah, well, you know? that, unfortunately, the reason I got sent home from Japan was because it was so easy to get me out of the country because I'm an American and there were no travel restrictions. 
And so um, without regard to the quality of my performance, uh, I think this is just my own personal belief. I wasn't told this, um, but they sent home five Americans out of the cast because it was easiest to send us home. Well, I mean, that makes sense, but I'm glad you did that. And I'm glad that you wrote this epic book, especially because um, I love the fact that it's hitting so many different genres because, you know, the normal mainline publishers, whatever we want to call them, the big five or whatever, don't pick up on books necessarily that hit multiple genres because they get into that. I don't know how to market. I'm sure you experienced this in Hollywood and stuff like that too. Oh, this All is brilliant. I don't know how to market it. Like yep. if you go back with some of the greatest things in history, Princess Bride is one of my favorite. They had no fucking clue how to market that movie whatsoever. They did a terrible yeah. job of it actually when it first released. And um, yeah, no, that's that's really epic. Well, how does it feel to be a published author now? Uh, it, it initially a weight was lifted off my uh, my psyche because of the, I mean this idea I've been carrying with me for thirteen years, and so when I finally had it on paper and it was something that I actually liked. Uh, it was such a relief mo mainly. Um, and the other thing that it did was to write something that was in the end, something like 70,000 words, uh, suddenly made all my other writing seem way more achievable because a, a screenplay is maybe 12,000, 15,000 words and, um, or maybe not a screenplay, but a pilot, an hour long pilot, which is what I'm trying to do. Um, and so all that seemed way more achievable and, and, and yeah, so that was, that was a relief. That's really cool. So I've actually written plays like play plays and screenplays. Play play is not the technical definition of that, but it's a different kind of writing than a screenplay. Stage play. And, and I've done that. And apparently Chelsea's dog is also going to do this episode with us, which is awesome. Aww, but, sweet baby. Um, this is tear. Yes, <laughs> always, always. Finally, he's like, I've got my debut. He normally comes up and bothers her when we're recording, but this time, um... yeah, that's dream time. But I have to ask you because I went the other direction. I went story writing, novel writing, playwriting, <laughs> screenplay writing, right? Or helping people tweak their screenplays and stuff like that because. Some people seem to be very great at like the action parts and terrible with the dialogue. And some people are okay with the dialogue. And anyway, we can go down that road. Oh, that's but, a whole nother story when we get into that, when we get into that. Yeah, so what was it like for you though, to sit down? I mean, having Melinda Snodgrass is amazing because she also has done what you've done. Cause we've had her on the show. I love Melinda, she's brilliant. Yep. And um, she's done the TV, movie, that sort of thing. And also, regular novel writing, right? Yeah. And um, what was that like for you though to transition? Because I know from talking to a producer, this is a very long question, I promise, but I'm building up to it. Talking to some producers have told me that the stuff that they like written are from people who are novel writers and stuff like that because they tend to do world building versus some script writers just like one and done, this is it. It doesn't have a this and a that and a this and a that that goes with it. It's just this thing. So tell us, mm -hmm. anyway, there's my long-winded question. That was back to no, a great, great question. And uh, that was a huge challenge that I had um, because initially, you know, when I was younger, I wrote a lot of prose and stories in, in high school and college. But as soon as I started doing um, sketch comedy, my, uh, my whole focus turned to dialogue. And so when you're writing sketch, it's just out. You have maybe a little a sentence of setup in the beginning and maybe something along the way of, of, of stage direction, but mainly it's just dialogue. And so when I started the book, I found that I didn't know how to write. Um, I didn't know how to write a, a complete scene. I didn't, I didn't know the omniscient kind of point of view of being able to write a character's senses you know and and their and their thoughts and so what i started doing and, and especially for the first chapter well the the yeah not the not the teaser chapter but the first actual chapter i found myself just writing the dialogue i did two passes at the chapter i wrote the dialogue and then i went back and said okay what are they seeing smelling tasting um thinking 
whatever. And it was um, then as I continued to go and and kind of practice that muscle, uh, it got easier. And then by the time I was, you know, a couple chapters in, it was it was easy enough to do that. But that was a big challenge for sure. And and that transition. Oh, also screenplays. Everything is in present tense. Oh, the tenses and, that come to haunt you. Yes. Oh. Yes. And then and then transitioning to a book where everything is in past tense uh, was is is crazy. And right now I'm experiencing that big time because I'm uh, we wrote a screenplay for the Inspector Space Time movie, and I'm adapting the screenplay now into a novel. Uh, since I have a publisher and he does nerdy stuff, I'm like, oh great, let's do that as a novel and maybe it'll raise awareness for the movie then the movie will be based on existing ip even though it kind of already is with the web series but um you know having the book out there might only help and um well, but i'm referencing the screenplay for nerdy shit for the record canon is absolutely brilliant for nerdy shit so yeah the more you can write, the more you can do, and even open the world to have other people write Inspector Space Time novels. I would love to. Like I, one of the things I wanted to do was a, a radio show where, um, you know, since it's easier to do radio than uh, one of the reasons I haven't made more Inspector stuff is that it is a much higher production value than anything else I do, like any sketches. And so um, it costs money and I don't have money, but you can do a radio show for virtually free. So I was thinking of, of engaging uh, the fandom to write radio scripts uh, that we could do. And I would be able to perform uh, with cast. And uh, I don't know why you're not so. crowdsourcing this. There are so many fans of that. I'm a huge fan of the Inspector Space Time. That was one of those brilliant oh. parts of community. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, you should. Uh, I, we'll have to talk uh, separately because there's. There are ways. There are ways. I am open. I am open to it. Um, it's 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 to me. I love. There's a lot of interoper interoperability with the fans with that um, uh, with that character. Like we, uh, I call it a recursive creativity because I draw on the creativity of fans that draw on my creativity and vice versa. And so um, I I think they I would be absolutely open to doing something like that. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk after this podcast about some ideas. I like seeing things like this come to fruition. That's what I'm about. I'm like the fairy godmother Good. of the novel world. Okay, um, that would be cool. I should get a dress and a wand. Now that I was going to say, are we going to do a photo shoot? We'll do a fun new entry into Drinking with Authors. <laughs> yes, I think that would I be love it. All yeah. right, I'm coming to North Carolina. You come to North Carolina, we're doing Florida, this shit's too hot anyways. Mother or something. I don't know. It's it's like going it. on in a life of its own. Okay. So Travis, you put this book out. What is next though um, in that particular series, or was it a one and done? No, uh and so 13 years well, sounds like there's a lot that could be thought of. Yeah. So um I was I I was very I'm a, I'm very adaptable with my with my stuff. Like I am not one of those people who has one idea and that's the only idea, and I, you know I have to own that. Uh, my mantra is um, uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And for that reason, if you go back on my YouTube channel, you can see the stuff that I did early on and how over time I got better and better. Um, and the same goes with writing. Like I, uh, I I did put a lot of thought into this book, and I knew very well what the what the story was. But um, I knew also that it was going to end at the beginning of a new thing, you know? So, um, so it's, it's essentially a love story, right? And, you know, it's no secret to say, to, to, to guess that the, that the couple, you know, comes together at the end. Um, but that's the beginning of a relationship. And so what happens next, uh, anyway, and as soon as I had a publisher, as soon as I got with Alexi, um, uh, his first question was, so uh, can you do this as a series? And I was like, well, yes, I can. Uh, how many books would you like? And he said, well, four seems to be the magic number. Actually, it was Melinda that told me that. And so I got to thinking about a four book series it's and six. I've already mapped that up. Oh, you know, well. It's six. Start thinking of- I currently got four. Six. Hard stop at six. Just That's hard oh, stop. Okay. Yeah. I would think with no, six. It's not. <laughs> six is like the- 
you know, I know why Melinda said that, but I'll tell you, trust me, I, I'm a publisher also. Many, many number things, many number things. It's six. Okay. Six is the All right. Spot. Oof. So. All right. Even if it's two novellas, because what you might want to do is just throw a couple novellas through there on side characters that maybe don't oh, continue forward with, or do continue, but are not needing a spotlight, right? Sure. But they're the, you know, cool side plucky comic reliever in the case of CR, the evil bastard that everybody gets mad about when she writes a side book about how- And then they love him. Yes. No, he's so, a- yeah. But anyway, throwing that out, I think that's great. Um, so when are you what is when are you planning on book two? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the plan uh, is to or was uh, to write finish the inspector book uh, in the spring, and then I wanted to do two pilots over the summer, and then come back to Decimus uh, for the second book in the fall uh, and winter, um, and have it done probably by um, by. February. Um, this plan has. I might if I'm if I can be ready for it. Um, uh, my plan has has had some hitches. Um, I have spent much of the last year injured, um, and so a lot of recovery time. I was in a car accident uh, about a year ago when I first moved back to LA. Like the week I moved back, I was rear-ended. Uh, and I was hit so hard that like I ended up having seven months of physical therapy. Oh my and gosh. then I had about two months of uh, time, you know, where I started getting back into shape after that was all done and then crashed my bike and broke two ribs back in March. And so, so I'm just now stay off motor vehicles. Vehicles. <laughs> Let's just stay off motor no. vehicles. <laughs> uh, well, I'm usually not. Well, that was a bike and a bicycle, not a, not a motorbike. Um, so but I, I, I'm not usually prone to that major of an injury. Um, although the, the car accident followed me breaking my wrist in Nashville, um, coming, falling, oh, not falling out good, of the tree, you got but three. climbing down. Three is the, the magic number with these things normally. You should be done. You should I be done. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. So I'm just a little behind schedule right now. Um, I've got maybe uh, three quarters of the inspector book done. Um, and so um, uh, maybe another month on that. And then I'll be, uh, so I'm not too far behind. That's very cool though. That's awesome. That's going to be fun. Yeah. You know what the best part of that is? That's got cosplay written all over it. Have you thought about that with your characters and stuff as you're writing? Because you're writing into different, it's funny, because this is a question I could ask CR too. And of course, I just thought of this, do the content of the gin in my drink, but um, you're going to be impressed. Ready for the CR? Is, I'm ready. I'm wondering, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, was writing characters and writing them in wardrobes that um, go for cosplay, meaning if you write them in something so ridiculous, not that people can't make it, or so vague that they, it's like, there was a character, you know, Anita Blake, and she wears a black leather jacket. Like, there's no way you can dress up as Anita Blake, really, and have somebody go, oh, that's Anita Blake. You'd need yep. the characters yep. to dress up around her as Jean-Claude and, you know, all these people. And then you'd go, oh, that's Anita Blake. And that's, you know, like, you'd have to have an entourage and they'd have to be with you to stand in the Anita Blake outfit, which is a vampire character, mm. to pull it off. That's a, so, one of the weird things that you have. Cause like I was talking to uh, somebody that was talking about doing, turning one of my series into uh, like a comic. And he, that was one of the things they said is when you want to adapt those things, you need something signature. So like mine are like the same shit I wear. I wear graphic tees, jeans, and Converse. That is my outfit or Vans, depending on how crazy I'm feeling. And then, so it's kind of like, that's anybody, but you need that like signature piece. Like you need something that's just makes them stand out. And like, it's really hard to do that because when you're writing a book, it's not like on TV where you're like, okay, let's set them up with an outfit. This is what it is. You don't want to spend a page and a half describing an outfit in a book because- No, it, but you have to have a readers. signature because you take Hitchhiker's Galaxy. I can show up in any convention in a bathrobe with a towel around my neck and just have a thing in my pocket that says don't panic 
and everybody knows who Absolutely. the hell I am. But I could wear that has been my of... Halloween costume at least three, four years. Absolutely, like that is definitely one of those things. Like I have a character that is his thing. He has the fucking trench coat thing, and like you can show up in a trench coat, and you know, with the series, like you could just be like, okay, cool. But like Erica said, you need that signature thing, that ridiculous thing, like a fucking bathrobe. <laughs> like I'm just, just saying, something that I, defines that. Three quarters of the way through the book. You may want to consider this as part of it from a drunk person interviewing you on a podcast. This may be oh, like a oh, revelation. Well, I mean, we the inspector has a look. No, the inspector does. I'm just saying the side characters that go with the inspector. Piper has a look. Uh, Boyish has a look. I mean, if you haven't seen the web series, see the web series. Because, I'll see the web series. Yeah, all that's, all that's developed. But, but as and you go into we've the been vampire lucky series more... There's an interesting one. So I don't yet have, um, it is interesting because I have a specific wardrobe for the characters. Like I have described what they're wearing and I've actually researched like, what would this character wear and that kind of thing. Um, but none of it is terribly distinctive. Um, they're all so pretty add normal. Their yeah, they, they need you can add your own flair. personal flair it's like having like school uniforms and stuff you know how like yeah let's say you have a pin like you said you were all about hitchhiker's guide like let's say your uniform was head to toe navy and like you just had that that bright like don't panic pin like you can just personalize it in your own way to make it stand out just sure. a just a little bit travis i want yeah. to dress up as one of these characters i'm gonna need you to do something I have my guest on in my stack costume in the closet. Gonna need to dress up. There is a uh, interesting, yeah. There is a uh, there is a female character who's really badass. Um, uh, she's a killer, man. Yeah, I, I dress up as male or female. I said Gaston. I'm not kidding. And was oh 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 sure. No, yeah. you did uh, not. I, I, I have so many pictures. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So so. Yeah, I like just the characters that are cool. So yeah, no, me and my um, my very good friend Brandy, she dresses up as Louie, and then we talked her daughter into dressing up as uh, Claudia. It was pretty badass. I like it. But yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, you can do that. No, that's cool. Okay, we have to take a quick break. We will be right back with Drinking With Authors. Our sponsor today on Drinking With Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook, at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brothers Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. Okay, we're back. So let's talk. So you wrote prose. What made you decide to um, do writing and acting? What made you decide to go that route? Um, I don't. I don't feel like it was much of a choice. I just felt very early on in my life that um, it's what I had to do. I was born with Bell's palsy, which is a uh, paralysis of one side of my face, and um, it's why I'm very expressive over here, and also why I like this side, um, and why and why I know my angles. Um, but I was teased mercilessly as a child because kids are just tiny little assholes, and um, I, as a defense mechanism, I turned to comedy. Uh, I was I was about ten years old. My mom invited me into her room one Saturday night to watch a, the church lady sketch uh, on the TV. And um, from then on, I was a Saturday night, she would let me stay up and watch Saturday Night Live. And I would take those characters 
to school with me the next week and perform them for my friends. Uh, and this was the like 19, you know, late 80s, early 90s era with the Dana Carvey and Mike Myers and uh, um, uh, uh, all these Will great, Ferrell. like pre-Will pre Ferrell, I'm talking about. It was right before about, um, Will Ferrell. It had, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God. Who was, um, anyway, who was, yes. uh, I'm, I'm just a caveman. I, your modern world confuses and frightens me. Yeah, John um, Lovitz? No, John Lovitz. John Lovitz was uh, gay B. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? Um, uh, no, no, I'm thinking. What, the he was girl on that played radio. Bill Hartman. Bill Hartman. Brilliant. Yeah, the girl that played It's Pat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, that Julia whole time Sweeney. period. And um, Stuart Smalley. <laughs> Stuart Smalley. Yep. That all those. Yeah, Hans and Franz. I had yeah. a my first celebrity meeting in in LA when I moved here was I met um, Kevin Nealon, and uh, oh, we wow. were working. I was working out at the Gold's Gym in North Hollywood, and I saw him. And it took me like maybe twenty minutes to build up the nerve to go talk to him. And finally, I I went over and I and I said, I said hi. Um, I just had to say hello and uh, say that you are such an inspiration to me. And he goes, Oh, great! In fitness or in comedy? <laughs> And it was like, I died. I died. It was great. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway, so yes, those, th that was formative for me. So to answer your question, I, um, uh, I didn't have a great childhood. Um, and so acting was a way for me to become someone else. And, um, and I think writing, I think my mom is a storyteller. She's a fantastic writer. And uh, my whole family on her side of the, she, she, my mom had 15 brothers and sisters. Uh, my grandma, grandpa was a Lutheran minister. And like, we would all get together and have just this enormous family and tell stories like family stories. And so I think that that storytelling um, like itch got into me early on. And so I also was writing from an early, from an earlier stage. The acting felt like the thing I needed to do. Like that's the thing that really grabbed me. Being on stage and, and being a character who wasn't Travis um, was intoxicating to me. And so I, uh, that's what hooked me. But I remember when I found out that uh, Star Trek accepted spec scripts, this is back in the you know 90s when I was in high school, I wrote uh, two episodes of, Star Trek Voyager like I got a, a script from them to like look at their formatting and all that and I think I had I think I hand formatted the whole thing in word um and and so I, I started writing then and um I just never stopped and then of course when I got to LA uh when the barrier for entry for production came down I started actually before even that when I was in college in Minnesota they had no film program but I wrote and filmed a short film that ended up being 45 minutes long but it was a uh, it's shorter than a normal I didn't know. film it is it is <laughs> thank you yes um and it is a uh, but it's a it's a parody uh it's a horror movie parody called footwear about killer shoes and um it's it's not as bad as it should have been um and so i uh when i got to la it just, it never occurred to me not to keep writing. And if I want to make the things I'm writing, other people aren't going to make them for me. So I also became a producer because I had to produce them. So I started making content, whatever I could make as early as I could, um, whether it was using friends stuff or uh, whether it was a, a podcast. Like I started doing podcasts in 2006 uh, before anybody knew what a podcast was. And so like, but that was what I could do. I could record audio. And so, um, uh, yeah, that's, anyway, that's why I've been writing. Uh, it just, I have stories I want to tell and uh, that's how you tell them, right? No, you totally, totally different exactly how you tell them. I, I, and for the record, I, there was a college, I ended up doing <laughs> movies for people in Florida. Um, I was actually born in Minnesota, so that is funny. Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's where I yeah. went to college in the Twin Cities. Yeah, no, no, anyway, that's that's where I was born. But um, in Florida, I did uh, help some people. This is how I got into the script thing is I started helping college students that were recording stuff for their 
film stuff and things like that. Uh-huh. There's a movie out there called With a Dull Knife, and I hope no one can ever find it because it. You know. Did you say with a dull knife? No, I didn't Just say that. Just to make all. sure no, nobody no, finds no, it? No, that's not what I said. Different words, sounds. I, I got you. Anyway, um, stay tuned, yeah. you two. <laughs> so that was as bad as you can imagine that it would have been. So I love horror movies. Many though. college things are. Yeah. No, you know, what's interesting, though, is a lot of college things have, if you take away expecting big special effects and stuff like that i think a lot of college stuff has some pretty revolutionary ideas just not the experience and the teeth necessarily to go take this idea to make it this cool thing because the idea of a movie with killer shoes there's a movie with a killer vagina called teeth killer shoes I know. oh my I god a, do you I want to talk sketch. about something that shaped my the i remember when that came out i was in like high school i think it was like my freshman year in high school the bus that morning lost their shit it was really? like you will never believe because of course you have these freaking 12 13 year old boys that are like oh we like girls we definitely had sex and they believe that girls had teeth in their vaginas which was amazing for the first three months until they actually like watch porn and stuff and figured out that they didn't. But I, it made my life exciting. There is a, yes. I did a sketch about teeth um, uh, at Acme and it's filmed, it's on my YouTube channel. It's just called Teeth. And uh, it's about, about a guy who saw teeth and comes and tells his coworker about it. Um, the simplest idea. But here's the thing, when I, was at, when I was in Minnesota, I had the idea for a short, that I never filmed, but the idea was this guy named Jesse walks through the park and he sees this um, he sees this person sitting against like a tree and he goes up to see if he's okay and he's not, he's dead. It's just a dead body. But Jesse doesn't see him as a dead body. Jesse and the body become friends. And uh, like, are you talking so, like breakfast at Bernie or what is it? Uh, no, weekend at no, Bernie's? no. No, 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 no. Jesse sees the body as a living thing, as a living person. And so they play Monopoly together and they get into fights and they, they and do. they become lovers. And um, and so, uh, no. And then 20 years later, uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe makes a Swiss Army Man, which is essentially that idea. Um, I'm now, sorry, they did so it you way mean better. to tell me that this, this man takes a dead body to his, his home and he, he brings it home intimate with him. Okay. Um, yep. and he never at any point in time is concerned about why he's having to carry this person or does he uh, not? No, not oh, I think it is delusion that he doesn't see it that way. Like exactly. some of the best well-written things like that are okay. written in a way it's so kind it's like of a dissociative a dissociative that's exactly what it is he's he's essentially there yeah essentially essentially he develops multiple personalities it's just one of the personality he can talk to the other personality who is inhabiting this body um who he projects a a personality onto um very interesting and it was uh it was i loved that idea and i held that like it was one of those like kind of like decimus where i just held it inside for years and then um and I was like, when when Swiss Army Man came out, I was like, oh, that's my idea. And now I've become delighted because I was never going to make it. But uh, no, but that but I thought it was like so fascinating. Are you telling me theory? there is a movie out there? Where have you not heard of Swiss Army Man? No. Daniel Radcliffe is the dead guy. Okay, so so Harry Potter goes and he decides, you know what? Fuck it, Wizarding Wisdom for me. Voldemort finally got his ass, came back a fifth time. And so now he's dead. And Weasley is basically wandering around with his dead body is essentially the movie. Well, probably with a better script and better acting, but yes. Yeah, and I think Paul Dano (laughs) is the other the other guy, the 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 and so Paul Dano is trapped on a desert island or something and he finds his body. Um, but the body he sees the body as alive and they become friends. And the body does it's it's from the people did you guys see um everything everywhere all at once oh yeah i don't watch okay, a lot good. of tv it's, so i am terrible for these questions you should start writing these it's, down write them down yeah no. it's a this movie so it's a movie and it's the best picture of the year it's going to win the oscar i guarantee it um no because i always choose movies nobody's ever heard of for those well you haven't heard of it 
Yes. I'm exactly. And which means Check it's going to win. And mate. <laughs> um, I was going to say, it's exactly. amazing. It is, it's an incredible movie and you should see it. Uh, but it is, um, it's those directors did Swiss Army Man. That's the connection. Okay. I'm going to look it up. I will say, I will contact you if this traumatizes me because I like to make events out of things. It will absolutely traumatize you in the best way possible. We'll come back because them. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make my husband watch it, which he hates it when it's my night to choose movies because I always choose just friends. I don't know if anybody has oh. ever seen that movie. That oh, is yeah. like my, which one? if I feel sick, it's called Just Friends. It's one of Ryan Reynolds' like first ones. It is so ridiculously stupid. I have seen that thing a thousand times. I know every word. I watch it when I'm sick, when I'm angry, when I'm just like, screw it, I'm staying in bed. It's one of the first ones that I watch. So that's listen, always what I listen. choose on my movie nights. I'm going to offer you a rare guarantee right now. And, uh, and I'm comfortable making this house? promise to you. <laughs> I guarantee that both you and your husband will love this movie. Travis, that's a hefty deal because you don't know my husband and Erica does. I so, don't even know uh, him. That's okay. It's don't recorded. It is embedded. But, yeah. I have proof. This is a matter of public know, record Travis. now. Yes. Please so do. Your I'm, book, your I'm, book, I'm very curious. Yeah, so <laughs> you'll hear. She has her address. It will happen. I do. Um, so let's talk about your book release. What was it like? Um, have you done any in-person events with it yet? No, um, it has been anticlimactic. Um, I don't know. I have always been the guy who makes a thing and I don't know how to market the thing, right? And no, so no, that's Lexi why it was very, this? well, I mean, I don't know. Um, and so I, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about strategy very recently. Like we had a phone call with someone who uh, a fan wanted to be involved in stuff I did. And she had experience with like some marketing and she wanted to do something more inspector space timey, but I was like, well, I don't have that, but I have this if you want to help. So we had a phone call. Um, but as far as like, when I've done web series that have gotten attention, like Inspector Space Time, I didn't do much to get the word out. Like the fans just were there and 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 ready for it. So um, it's kind of the same with this. I wrote this thing and I didn't know what to do with it. Luckily, I had a friend who had a, a publisher, and Alexi's business model, as I understand it, is much more um, like new media type. You know, it's focused on digital and print on demand, but most of their effort goes toward marketing. Um, I don't know what, I don't know. I, I really don't, I don't have enough experience to speak to what they're doing. And I don't really, uh, I haven't done much yet. I haven't been involved with well, much. I, I will say, Travis, one of the things you want to do on this is it's a degree of branding, right? like creating the brand around you, which I know you've already done a lot of that. You're an actor, you've done, you know, this stuff, but it's um, creating, you know, Travis Ritchie, the author, the writer, the fiction writer, and creating that yeah. branding and starting to get that kind of message out. And that's a huge part of that to communicate out about that. And I mean, we, uh, again, we're going to, if we'll talk off, off, podcast off pod I almost said offline god that was <laughs> well we're talking about feeling old offline. we're gonna go offline so we're gonna, gonna go pick up the phone in a moment conversation but no we'll we'll have an offline because there's a lot you can do marketing wise but the first and foremost thing is you're a brand and you have to treat everything as if you're a brand right um have you had reviews yet on it yeah, Amazon. actually, the uh, the Amazon page has, I think, uh, eight or nine really solid reviews. Um, only a couple of whom are from people I know. So I'm really um, I'm really pleased uh, about that. That's very. Cool. But even That's... one of the ones, even one of the ones from someone I know, is from a, a TV writer friend of mine um, named uh, uh, David Garber, who wrote some of the like stuff that we loved as 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 kids he wrote on love boat he wrote uh, on i think fall guy he wrote on like uh 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 oh he wrote on jerry o'connell's um my secret identity he wrote on like stuff like that and so he wrote 
the best review, the best written review of anything I've ever done. Um, and it's, uh, it's beautiful. So um, he had wonderful things to say about the book. That's very cool. Are you going to do the audio book for it? Yes. That's yeah, that's awesome. the plan. So I'm actually, I'm actually testing a, uh, a studio, uh, maybe Friday. Um, I have to, uh, I have to check on that, but I might be going to test a studio to see, uh, you know, what their audio quality is versus what their cost is. That's very cool. I, um, I think it actually would be exciting when you do in-person events. I think I do too. Interacting with fans and yes. having fans walk up to you and have that. I know you've already had, you know, with Inspector Space Time, that's going to be a different kind of fandom interaction. And I think it, it'll yeah. be, when that novel comes out, you'll have to come back on the show a little bit after that, because I'll be interested to see the dynamic of discussing these, you know, you have this thing that is a, it's a thing already, right? Putting yeah. a book out about this thing as the dog attacks again versus this other Did you see that i didn't do yet. anything that other you know the passion project which is this this first novel in the series of novels it's going to be interesting to see the fan interaction in person for you at the kind of conventions mm -hmm. and stuff like that having that yeah. because i i think it's you know it's different and then you're going to have the fans of you as an actor and a previous writer you know you, you get yeah whole, and i'm hoping like what I have going for me is is the is the is some of the acting stuff like you know uh, the community and uh, I was I did a recurring on Pretty Little Liars and so I'm hoping that I can take some of that fandom and bring them with me into this you know journey on of my writing. Um, well, you you absolutely can, and that's what I was talking about branding and talking about the writing and stuff like that. And I don't know if you're doing that. Yes effectively on your socials and i'm going to say effectively versus talking about it and we can talk about that again when we talk again sure but sure. there's yes. a way because you should be not i don't want to say taking advantage of that but you already have that you have built-in fans who are ready for that sort of thing you know yeah i'm 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 working on it i don't know if i'm doing it as effectively as i could um yes. well so i'm continuing to learn a little bit if you would like because Please, yeah. it's a learning process no matter how long you've been doing it they always have these different tricks and and things yeah. like that so like it's it's a constant learning process but it's yeah it's, always learning it's vital and i love to that have those tools yes, yes. and what's going to be really, yeah, really fun again is when you have that fan that comes up and just loves that book and it's meant something to them and it's changed something for them yeah that's that moment you're going to be like fuck yeah i'm a writer that was you the know? first review actually was um was on, on amazon this person i've never i don't know how you know how she found it or how she read it or whatever but it was such a touching review and uh first she wrote to me uh, on facebook and you know came and went into my space facebook spam you know filter or whatever and i uh but i looked at it and it was just a super touching thing and um and then she posted uh, her thoughts on Amazon too, which uh, it is very gratifying. Uh, and especially when I had gotten a bad review from my stepmother, uh, who has traditionally been fairly supportive of my career, but wrote something really mean and hateful on my on my public Facebook post about the book, and. Um, and so I, it hurt a lot. And so then like the next day, this woman, this stranger told me what she thought and it was so lovely. And so uh, it helped balance that out. Did you have a wicked that stepmother? That is amazing. I was about to say, can well, we do a story? She has always called herself like a different my level? wicked old, she's always referred to herself jokingly as my wicked old step chick. And uh, I guess it wasn't until now that she finally, you know, kind of like embodied that uh i started rewatching once upon a time here recently oh my god it's great stop at season five yeah um you it's kind of like i went all the way through supernatural we had this conversation stop I at finally went through 15 it was fine i made it all the way through it was cool it was fine it was a little hazy at the beginning writing got better um i heard but, supernatural <laughs> stayed pretty solid through the through the run it was so stupid no. i don't care who you are i love supernatural okay absolutely love it if you stop and actually look at the storyline, it is stupid. 
Like it is, but it was so entertaining because you got addicted to those characters and it was like family. So like it was They're coming fine. back for a season 16. They're pushing hard. Yeah, they just signed it. Thank you. They just signed really? it. Really? Yeah. But if you stop and you look, it's because it it's it's legitimately about family and how stupid family, not saying families are stupid, just like, you know, those interactions you have with your family members where you're just like, nobody would ever freaking believe this. Like they did a show yeah. like that and it's good mm. but like it's just people got so addicted to what no, it I just, stood for you know what's interesting is more and more um i don't know going down this writing path i you can tell when the writers have not quite done the brilliant job you can tell when it's the director but you can tell when you're like who wrote this like right they were drunk and hung over when they had to like turn in a script or something and they're like shit shouldn't have gone out last night uh (laughs) but and you know that the major productions they don't have that but it's just it's so interesting because i think a lot of people don't realize on most series especially long-running series it's not always the same writers all the time they go through quite a few writers you know Right, right and and also you can tell when new um directors or producers come into the scene or they gone up or down in echelon and ratings whatever but i i think that with supernatural i legitimately feel like those boys miss each other and miss working they, with I each mean, other it was regularly. 15 years every day 15 years i know but they like, who was it just... that started the whole we should go back for because it started with the fact that they're making the Winchesters. I can't believe we're on Yeah, it was Jared right Padalecki. He got all butthurt because, like, Jensen didn't tell him that he was helping with whatever. But Jensen didn't tell him because he's like, hey, it's my little brother. Even well, he also didn't tell him because like, it's a thing in, in Hollywood sometimes. Right. It's a jinx that if you talk about a project, you could have the project not come to fruition. It's the Ouija stuff. It's the voodoo that goes along with it. Anyway, sidetracked. We just got sidetracked. Um, Again. So let's talk a little bit about your writing environment with a shiny object. Did I get very, we get very shiny. There's some gin and juice. Um, let's talk about your writing. <laughs> I was getting sidetracked. I was, I was yes ending. You're getting sidetracked. That's yeah, it. no, I appreciate that. There's nothing much. in my room. So what, what is your writing environment like? Can you write anywhere? Can you be mm. like, it's fucking noisy as hell I can write here? generally i um so when i was in nashville okay so while i was in japan interestingly i had um just figured out my schedule because we you know we were rehearsing and then the park shut down from the pandemic then the park went back up and then we were we were doing shows and i had a regular schedule and i just figured out where in my schedule i could write an hour a day when we were sent home like i'd done two weeks of that and then i was sent home so in nashville i had my computer set up on my roommate's um kitchen island and that was my office uh that's where i did uh, that's where i wrote the rest of the book and so he would be watching tv behind me in the living room and i would be you know writing with my headphones on um and i had discovered that i i had to play a a YouTube video of a coffee shop, uh, just coffee shop audio in the background in my head. The first one that said that, we had somebody else say that where they went onto YouTube and they just Googled coffee shop. Yep. And they put it in their headphones. It's great. It's nice. And it's been been proven to be uh, stimulating for creativity. Um, The kind of the white noise is stimulating. What and is it, so, like um, useless chatter and clanging of coffee cups? Like, I've never looked it up. Like, I have my own crazy process, but it's there's been a couple people yeah, that do it. I think it's, it's that indistinct jazziness of sound, right? And so it's nothing, it's not any one thing that you're listening to. It's just kind of this, this constant, like, um, stimulus causes your brain to focus i think um and so uh what i do now is i I work like i mentioned i work on a tv show i work uh, from the morning and i usually finish up i'll go for a hike and then i'll go to starbucks and um actually sit in a coffee shop and write for uh, a couple hours and so i love that i can write at home 
that's fine. But I, I find it so easy to get distracted at home by all the things I have at home. And so um, it's, I really enjoy working at a, at a coffee shop. I like being around other creative people who are working and I see this guy over here writing and I'm like, oh, well, I wanna, I wanna write, I don't want him to write more than I'm writing. And so it's, there's a competitive nature to it. Um, Travis is but, starting competitions with people who don't even realize it yet. Exactly. See, I I'm would very competitive. Tweaking, I would end up tweaking out the writers around me because like, I, of course I like, I do my headphones and stuff, but like, I also have papers and stuff scattered and I tap. So like, I would have the author or like the writers around me just like twitching and like freaking out. Maybe I should go to- No one's that close. Luckily, I have a big Starbucks near me that has a, a nice big dining room and it has a patio outside. And so everyone has a decent amount of space, which is, I think, important, especially since we're still in a pandemic. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, is it is it very, I'm assuming, I have a friend, I have, I have several friends that live in California, but that she's told me, she's in Northern California, that it's, and actually she's moving to Atlanta now, but it's very different. Like, I was living, I'm in North Carolina now, but I was living in Florida where there isn't COVID because they don't believe in it. Because statistically yeah. speaking, you've already been in Florida. Yeah, 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 la, la, la. Yeah, no, yeah. it literally you know, is science. like, we're pretending, we're saying it's not a thing. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, what's it like in California? Is there hey, still watch how you talk about our next president. Right? Uh, there Love is DeSantis. no mask. <laughs> There's no mask mandate anymore. Um, it's it's everything's pretty much back to normal here in LA. I still try to wear a mask uh, where I can at work on set. Um, I have to wear a mask. So uh, film and TV productions are still very strict because it's insurance companies that essentially run things. You know, they're the they're the they're the money managers, and so you cannot risk shutting down because of an infection or a sickness. And so, or, or God forbid, losing one of your leading, you know, actors or actresses. So they're pretty careful. We test every week now. Uh, it used to be a couple times a week, especially during Omicron. Um, and I feel pretty safe. At least I know what, if I get sick, I feel like I would know if I did. And um, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm around other people who are conscious of their health. I feel pretty safe. I feel I like there is a... It is, and there's a there's a point of diminishing returns of of hyper vigilance when it comes to when it comes to COVID. It's a it's a look. It's undeniably a bad thing, and there's still people dying from it. And we don't know if you don't die what infection actually means long term. Um, yeah. I had long but COVID when I got time, I got infected just... in Nashville. Did you? It's being socially conscious. I did. It's it's talking about you know when you have the flu. You, you are, you have to be conscious of the people because you're going to spread it. It's the same process. It gets spread the same way. So you just need to be yeah. a decent human being. That's all that it comes right. down to. Be a decent well, human being. Well, and that's a, that's a, that's a big, that's a tall order for Americans. Um, we are such really a, is. we are such a individualistic uh, society, uh, culture. Um, and it was fascinating going to Japan where I, you had seen pictures of of people, and now we all know why. But you'd seen pictures of people wearing masks, and I always thought it was like a germaphobe thing. Um, no, they do. They feel the slight twinge of sickness because they they're do. conscious it's, of people around them. Exactly, they're they're keeping other people from catching what they've got because it'd be horrible to give to make someone else sick. It's it because that they have a collectivistic culture, so they're much more concerned about the about the group. Than about the individual we're the opposite we have all of our individual freedoms and you know whatever for better or for worse um and so it's very hard to dictate or to even teach the kind of respect for others that would help us be healthier yeah no that's shower wash your hands true. okay start with the basics yeah yeah and don't touch don't touch your face like i've been doing all night you know what I touch my face a lot? I touch my face because I, 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 I unconsciously like push up my cheek. My, my, this is my bad side. Uh, so I find myself pushing this up to kind of like balance my face. <laughs> is it like a twitch? Do you think so? Like I, I firm believe everybody has twitches. Mine is my hands. Like I will tear my like fingers apart, which is why I always have my nails done. 
Like I will oh, yeah. writing everything. So like, I think it's a twitch. I think everybody has their one thing like yours. You know, you say you lean on the one side. Mine is constantly twisting my fingers. Like Erica, what's yours? What's something you compulsively do when you don't realize it? Well, if I didn't realize it, you mean something I, I somebody had to have pointed out by now. Um, I, I do that a lot. Yeah, you do. Oh. You twist your hair. I you twist my hair ends. a lot. And it's actually, it's funny. My boyfriend brought that up the other day because my hair is growing out because I have to do go to Iceland and be an elf and do somebody's wedding. Um, oh, and, oh my God. I want a plus one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I have two different health to care options to decide how I'm doing this. But because it's in Iceland and it's supposed to be very windy this day on a black sand volcanic beach that they want to get married on um and so it's like i should i need to grow my hair out for this to pull this off and the longer my hair gets the more this happens and i realize it's yeah. because it's hot like it's so hot my boyfriend my hair is always up <laughs> yeah interesting is I do this this twist thing, and especially as dorky as this is, I see myself in the Zoom, and I'm like, oh my god, my hair is like completely out of control, and then I'm like, oh, it looks no, I love your hair, it looks amazing. I tell her all the time that is not salon, that is natural. Yeah, this is natural. That's great. By the way, this right? is, it looks fantastic. This I love is the genetics, color. But you're right. Dad. When I was in Japan, <laughs> uh, I had a few months where I didn't cut my hair. I actually made a video about it. Um, but I, I found that I was playing, I was playing with my hair more. Um, yeah, and I, when I had, I a, when I grew my beard out, I was doing the beard stroke thing uh, just because I love touching. I think I'm, I'm <laughs> touch is my love language. I, I'm very touchy. I, I love being touched. I love touching. So um, no, see, I don't there was like, the no, girl in college who used to sit behind us when we'd watch the Simpsons after dinner uh, in the, in the, in the lounge. And uh, she's a friend, but she would like, rub her like run her fingers through my hair just because she like i have soft hair i guess and she loved doing it and i loved <laughs> having her do it so hey you know no need for ecstasy in those cases okay <laughs> quick shameless self-promotion but what what it's my fucking podcast i can say shit like that no just kidding um shameless self-promotion time travis talk about your book and how to find it and how to find you not in the sense All right. of your address but online yes my address <laughs> is five nine six two no um, don't do i had somebody very early on in the beginning of the recording of this podcast literally say that and phone number, like just no, launch it like, all out. No, don't. You're not telling people where you live. What is wrong with I you? used to have a PO box for people to send me things, and then nobody ever sent me things, and so I got rid of it. But um, uh, so the book is called Decimus, D-E-C-I-M-U-S, The Vampire's Curse. If you search Amazon for Decimus Vampires, you'll find it. Um, and um, my socials, I am. I am the Travis Ritchie you find if you search for Travis Ritchie on Google, which is great. Uh, my best place to find stuff is my YouTube channel, I think, because I make stuff um, and there's tons of funny stuff that you can find there. But I guess Instagram is my next most used social because uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook. People feel free to follow me on Facebook. Um, I have a rule on social media that I don't say anything that I wouldn't want my mother to read. And I wish more people had that rule, but um, I'm kind of a clean mouthed. I don't swear a whole lot. I don't get super angry. I don't get super like, you know, edgy online. I'm a more distinguished um, mother than I do. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, when kids get shot, when kids get shot, shot in schools, I get pretty pissed off at the world. But um, otherwise, I'm fairly low key, uh, mild mannered, uh, mild mannered reporter, Travis Ritchie. Um, I, so, yes. So Instagram, which is the Travis Ritchie, um, because some some real estate guy from Arizona got Travis Ritchie for Instagram. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get the <laughs> Travis Ritchie. Okay. It sounds more official. Him. And when do you think, um, when is your intended publication time for your inspector time? Uh, I don't know, actually. That, de that depends a lot on Alexi, but the big convention for Doctor Who fans is um, Gallifrey One, which happens in February. And so my, my, my 
my absolute latest deadline is to have it ready by then. Very cool. We love it. We love it. Okay, Travis, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. Absolutely. You ladies are delightful. We'll definitely have and to your have puppy. you again. What? I was getting mauled by a golden retriever. Oh, yeah. And well, you know, listen, if you have a co-host to the co-host, I don't know what that actually is. Is it like a co-co-host? A co-co-host? Co-co-host. Uh, I'll make him a shirt. I'll make him wear it. I actually, so we'll talk after. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't even want to know where that's going. So this has been Drinking With Authors. I have been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brothers Spirits. My code, DWA10, is the coupon code. If you use it and get nice liquor. DWA10? DWA10. Make sure everybody heard it. Yes, enunciated properly. It's a good thing they put this in all the show notes because words. And my co host today has been PDR Rice. Our guest has been Travis Ritchie. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.